Yeah, well, so, like, what does it mean to you that you're the basis of uh, Homer Simpson's mom? Well, I'm delighted. Yeah? <laughs> so, was it hard to leave your son, Homer Simpson, while you were underground? <laughs> now, that's a part of the character that I don't know quite where that came from. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bone. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode, the podcast that's keeping the spirit of the 60s alive. This week, we'll be discussing The Simpsons, Season 7, Episode 8, Mother Simpson, in which we find out what's been going on with Homer's mom for the first seven seasons, and even before that. I am your host this week, Ryan Alexander Tanner, with me when he's not laminate from the feds, Austin Gorton. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have a very special guest this week who has abandoned more than one child <laughs> in her lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, I'm Jess Thalmer. Yeah. All right, welcome to the show, Jess Salmer. So you're a very special guest this week. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, I guess. Um, I am a person. <laughs> I mean, I know you don't want to, but welcome back. Thank yes, you. It's... Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm a. Um, I'm just a regular person now, but I used to write on the internet and be all over the place. Um, so I'm Salms on the internet, but... Um, I used to freelance a lot for a website called Hello Giggles, and now I just do that sort of on the side and don't take um, credit or share any of it, and mostly just focus on my actual real life away from the internet. So, how special is that? Uh, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. Anymore. Well, I mean, I still sit on Twitter all day, but like at a different job. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good. You're a, okay. Good. You had me worried no. there for a minute. You're a you're a real Twitterer. I am. Yeah. I am. <laughs> And, and then, in addition to this, we have a very special bonus feature at the end of the episode. So, part of several reasons we're doing this episode is uh, that I was listening to the commentary of this episode some years ago, and I learned from that. I'll play you the recording. The inspiration for this character, and a lot of people, I mean, not a lot of people, there are about a dozen people that fit the description of her, but obviously this is Bernadine Dorn. Right from the weatherman. Well, we talked about her. We, you know, I, I saw in the notes too. There was a a, a couple of other people who'd gone underground, and but Bernadine was. The, but she was the only the woman, to my knowledge. She's the only woman who didn't actually kill anybody. Right, which is which felt the same. Yes, yes, and that was we did talk a lot. I remember before we, I, I think, I even went off to write what her uh, crime was. It would right. be sympathetic, and we right. had to. Boy, this this goes out of its way to make it a nonviolent. Yes, it crime. does. <laughs> because this is based. If you don't know, Bernadine Dorn was a member of the Weatherman Underground Group, correct? In right. the '60s, which is an ultra radical group of people who actually did they did make bombs, they did blow. Right. And the vast majority of their attacks were blowing up build. They would call in advance, and they'd blow up the building. Right. They'd tell people to get out because they were going against the government. They didn't want to kill anybody. Bernadine Dorn is the influence or the basis of Homer's mom in this episode. And it's hard to define that relationship, but basically I would say I am friends with Bernadine Dorn. So at the end of this episode, we'll have an interview I did with her in which 
I watched the episode with her and we'll get her feedback on her depiction as Homer's mom. So stay tuned for that, but don't skip ahead to it. First, you can listen to us talk about it. So this episode, Homer fakes his death, which brings about the return of his mother, and we find out where she's been all along. Does that sound right, yep. everybody? Yeah. yeah okay, I got it right. Just... <laughs> so before we get into the episode, we're going to talk about our relationship with The Simpsons, which is the other reason we're doing this, starting with Austin Gorton. Uh, the Simpsons is my favorite TV show of all time. Uh, there is nothing other than Star Wars and the X-Men that has been a bigger influence on my life than The Simpsons. Um, Mm -hmm. I used to come home from school and watch, so I would record all of the episodes on VHS tapes (laughs) with little 3x5 note cards taped on the sides with the, like, written time of when each episode would begin and the name of the episode so that I could, like, pick out which ones I wanted to watch. So I would come home from school and then watch Simpson episodes that I had recorded for like two or three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for like two or three hours. So I can quote Simpsons like nobody's business. I have yeah. integrated it into my vocabulary in ways that like sometimes now I'll watch an episode and be like, Oh yeah, I say that because of this episode. Yep. Totally. Um, I always used to joke in high school that I wish that I could quote Shakespeare. Like I can quote the Simpsons (laughs) and then I'm like, well, if they aired Shakespeare on TV, like two or three times a night, five days a week. And I watched it. I probably could quote Shakespeare. Like I quote the Simpsons. The the important part there is, and I watched it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, so yeah, big big Simpsons fan. This is this this show is my jam. Yeah, it's funny to me that uh, we've been doing this show for a while. Plus, I have a lot of podcast hours I put in with you, Austin, and we've never gotten to the Simpsons. So this is kind of a landmark for us. Yeah, well, see, this is this worked out great because I I was always paralyzed by indecision. Like, mm-hmm. w- what would be, like, the Simpsons episode I'd want to talk to? I I'd oh. wanna, I would want to, like, host for this show. Like, what would I want to be the first one that we talked about? So then you made it. You picked this one. I'm like, well, great. Now the pressure's off. I don't have to, like, come up with what the what the first one should be yeah. or anything like that. So The only reason I'm annoyed at myself about this choice is that we should have done it for the last episode for Mother's Day. We just missed that. I right, realized, yeah. This like, is, I, I realized that, too, before we sat down to record. I was like, oh, crap, we're like two weeks late on Mother's Day. <laughs> I realized that when we were releasing our episode about Infinity War on Mother's <laughs> Day. <laughs> Like, way to go, me. Jess Thalmer, hey. what's your relationship with The Simpsons? I believe I read an article you wrote about The Simpsons on HelloGiggles.com. Yeah, actually, that's kind of how I got my writing job. It kind of started my, like, freelance writing career. Um, I grew up watching The Simpsons. It's, like, very important to my family. Um, mm-hmm. My brother and I have a very, like, Lisa and Bart relationship. Um, there have been, like, parallels, like, distinctly from episodes that are very reflective of my family. Um, we only had the channel Fox growing up. Like that's the only channel that we could get to come in on our like, um, coat hanger rabbit ears that we would just kind of like uh-huh. make that, happen. That's crazy. Cause I feel like, I feel like back in the day, Fox was like the hardest channel to get on your yeah, crazy coat hanger No, antenna. it's the only thing we could get. That's, so that's all. That's crazy. I love yeah, it. Yeah. It's all we watched. So <laughs> not only do we love it, but it was like almost literally our only choice of show to watch. So <laughs> I guess it worked out that it was funny. Um, 
Yeah, and then I wrote, um, I, well, I had a personal blog and I wrote everything I need to know I learned from The Simpsons was the first um, blog I wrote in like an entertainment way and that's what, um, that's how I got connected with Hello Giggles, so. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. I just know that you wrote that. Oh, yeah. cool. Can you give an example of how your family paralleled Yeah, Simpsons? we were actually just talking about it on Mother's Day. Um, there's like an episode where <laughs> Homer writes in the like bathtub grime, he writes Homer rules. Um, and like, I swear that I'm like not making this up. Like three days before that episode came on, my brother Zach had done that. Like he wrote Zach rocks, I think in the bathtub grime and like definitely got like grounded. <laughs> but, um, but then like three days later, my mom was like, well, this is crazy. So, so, okay. And I'll go too. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like the Simpsons is sort of near and dear to all our hearts and sort of formative for us. Like watching this episode was another one where I was like, oh my God, there's so many things I say all the time that are in this episode, mm -hmm. which I'm sure we'll point out as we go through it. Um, so yeah, I remember like my mom read comics too when I was, uh, before I could even read. So Matt Groening comics were a thing in our house. Like I read work is hell before I could even read. It was like a formative thing for me. And uh, so I remember when the Simpsons was shorts on the Tracy Ullman show, mm -hmm. we would watch the Tracy Ullman show just to see those shorts. And then they did the holiday special, which was how they got started. And I remember my family like waiting uh, for that to air. And then remember that it was the holiday special. And then mm -hmm. uh, they did that. And that was sort of the trial run. And then I think it came in mid season, like the first season yeah. short. And I remember even too, that when my parents, my parents were divorced by then and that I would get picked up on Sunday by my mom because I'd spend the weekends with my dad. I remember like driving back to Long Beach from LA and like being like, shit, we're gonna miss the Simpsons. You know, like <laughs> yeah. that being a big source of anxiety. So yeah, I've been with the Simpsons forever. So the other thing I'll say about the Simpsons is that uh, this is right at the end of it for me. Like I have the DVDs when DVDs became a thing. That was like my big mm. thing I bought. And my cutoff is season seven. Like I don't even do season eight. I'm very strict about that. Wow. And there's actually more of The Simpsons I haven't seen now than you have than seen. that I have like memorized. Wow. Yeah, um, so it's very sad to me the the state of The Simpsons. Uh, and do you watch new episodes, Jess? Yeah. Um. So I have uh, I have my friend's cable login, so I have FX. Um, and I'll just throw uh -huh. on like whatever they have a it's called Simpsons randomizer, so they'll pick uh -huh. a random episode, and a lot of times it's like from the later uh -huh. seasons. Um, in the last I don't know three or five mm -hmm. years. So, yeah, sometimes I'll just let those go and watch them, but I don't, like, actively keep up. I wouldn't say I'm not, I'm not like, watching every Sunday, but. Because you keep up with it, right, Austin? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm behind on the most current season because I'm behind on the most current season of everything that mm -hmm. I watch. Um, yeah. But they're all, they're all on my DVR. I said I was a Simpsons fan, Ryan. That means I'm a Simpsons fan. <laughs> I mean, do you still think it's good? Like, that's um, my question. No, well, it is much more inconsistent mm. so yeah. like every season i feel like there's a small number of episodes that are genuinely good like they're funny mm -hmm. or they're clever or there's some combination of both there's always a, a set of episodes that are just complete garbage and then yeah. there's a lot of episodes that are just like run-of-the-mill kind of sitcom stuff some stuff is funny some stuff is not um you know, from season to season, you know, some seasons you might get like six really good ones and only three crappy ones. And then some seasons it might be like 10 really awful ones and only two good ones. And the rest are kind of average. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, is it as good as it was in the gold age? No, of course not. Um, it's just, it's much more hit or miss. It's much more inconsistent. Um, I mean, we, I could keep going. There's like weird structural stuff. A few years ago, they started writing in like a four act structure and I, and I really don't think that serves them well. Um, I think they are consistently hampered by their insistence on not, uh, changing, like not necessarily aging the characters, but just keeping everything so set in stone where I'm like, I don't need like real time year by year growth, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if like Lisa was 12 and Bart was 15 or something like that. Um, so I think that, that shoots them in the foot, their insistence on, making only the smallest incremental changes to the continuity. And when it happens, it's usually on like characters on the margins. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I still watch it. I still watch the new episodes. I mean, it's, you know, I get FXX. I, you know, the FX now I'll like mm-hmm. you said, Jess, I'll just, you know, plug in the randomizer and watch some episodes. And um, yeah, I'm surprised that you're cut off as seven, Ryan, you're missing out on some really yeah. great episodes and like early. season season eight mm-hmm. especially yeah my cutoff i say one through ten are are reliably good and then 11 is the first really the first season that's like really wildly uneven hmm. and then it dips for a few seasons and it's kind of crappy and then they get their mojo back in like the late teens early 20s and then they go on like a three or four year run where it's worse than it is better and they're kind of they kind of started to pull out of that, but the last couple of seasons haven't been great mm-hmm. either. For me, it's like preserved in amber. I'm like seasons three through seven are to me like basically the funniest shit I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Yeah, and see, then I, I would rather just watch those over and over again than watch a bunch of mediocre episodes. And I think eight is when it starts really wavering. Like there's some good shit in there, but I remember feeling like uneasy when those episodes were coming out. Like to me, the kind of jump the shark is like when it got to self-referential like that's a big divide the hank grimes episode like where it gets really meta and to me i was like this show is done and a lot of people think that or like explaining why ned flanders says odily doodly and shit like i don't want that backstory to me that means you're running out of shit to do see what's Mm -hmm. what's interesting about that ryan is the two episodes that you just cited uh, Hur- Hurricane Nettie, which is the origin of Ned talking goofy, and Homer's Enemy, which is the Frank Grimes episode. Mm-hmm. Um, those are probably my least two favorite episodes from season eight. And as, yeah. I'm, as I'm looking over the list right now, they're probably also the only two episodes from that season mm-hmm. that I don't yeah. like. I would yeah. argue that every other episode in that season is pretty goddamn got, fantastic. Yeah. It has the X-Files episode. Like the, you got the... The X Files episode, episode, the Poochie <laughs> yeah. episode, uh, the Hank, the Hank Scorpio episode. Yeah, that's yeah, just I don't know. There was some. There was like a tonal shift or something. The, I don't know. The I mean, Prohibition we, episode where Homer is the beer baron. Yeah, I don't know. It just didn't. I could just feel it slipping. I mean, also every time I see like, oh, The Simpsons has been renewed for three more seasons, I'm always like, God damn, like. <laughs> To yeah, me, it's like visiting your beloved relative and they when they have Alzheimer's or something. You're just like, you were once so great, and I have to see you be a shell of yourself. Like yeah, that's how I feel about you this. You don't have to, you're not watching it, so are you really seeing it be a shell of itself? So for me it's like about it feels like not visiting your beloved Ex- relative exactly. with Alzheimer's. <laughs> that's what just I was pretending they're already dead, yeah. <laughs> 
Stop, it's already dead. That should be what someone says when... <laughs> Whereas for me, <laughs> to take your analogy further, I still love my relative, flaws and all, and so I'm still yeah. going to visit them, <laughs> even though they are not what they used to be. So that was the other thing. I want to talk really briefly about this because we got a bunch of shit to do. The Mary and, Poppins uh, episode, the Space Coyote episode, just, the burlesque house, when Lisa dates Nelson. Oh, there's so many good ones in season those, eight. Just all all of those don't. I don't, I don't know. I don't, like, I don't know what it is. Exactly, what's but. funny, too, I realize, like, <laughs> I'm looking at this list. I think three or four of these I considered as episodes we could do for our show. Oh, well, have fun. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be doing something else that day. I'll be busy that week. So the other thing I want to talk about briefly, and then we got to get into the episode, is uh, the Apu controversy, which isn't relevant to this episode, but I figured if we're a very special episode and we're talking about... So real real quickly, okay, Austin, what's your hot take on that whole thing? Uh, They handled it in about the worst way they possibly could have. Mm -hmm. When Um, you say they, do you mean the Simpsons? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I should clarify that. I'm sorry, are we going to fight? The Indian okay. people from- <laughs> I mean, the Indian people, they handled it. The say, no, we, yeah. uh, <laughs> Let's be clear. Everyone involved in The Simpsons, the creation of The Simpsons, from Matt Groening on down, handled it in the worst way possible. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. the, the episode where they address it was awful and shameful, and um, having those words come out of Lisa Simpson's mouth was an utter betrayal of everything that character stands for um and what's like they and they made it worse like their response to it made the whole situation worse like mm-hmm. all they had to do was be like yeah you guys are right like we did it then and it was funny and it was fine and now it's not so we're gonna have somebody else voice the character and we're gonna move on like how hard is that like it's not and hank azaria to his credit has been like mm-hmm. yeah let's bring in someone else to do the voice now you're right that's not I mean, yeah, we can, should Hank Azaria have known better? Should he have suggested that sooner? I mean, yeah, probably, but it's been pointed out. He has acknowledged it, and he's taking steps to correct it. I don't know why the fuck everybody else involved can't see it the same way. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Jess? What do you uh, I, like, 100% agree with everything Austin just said. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, it is one of those things. It's like, that's what everybody's kind of dealing with. Every, I should say everybody white people are dealing with in comedy right now is going yeah. like, oh, shit, we've done, like, really... Um, offensive stuff for the history of time um but yeah so th- <laughs> there's not like anything else you can do but say i'm so sorry and like listen to people of color it's not that hard so yeah it's it's really not yeah just go <laughs> well move I, on yeah yeah i think to me to me what it represents more than anything is how obsolete the show is now that it's outlived its mm-hmm. own just to me it's like the best representation of like it's time for this show to be over like that um i mean i remember the first time apu was on the show and it was kind of like a witty observation of like oh the indian because that is a a a thing that you see a lot you know there's a truth to someone from india or pakistan or something working at uh, a convenience store right and then but what i think that i watched that documentary and i had mixed feelings about it um because I, what it didn't do, I think, is credit the show for developing the character of Apu over time. Right, which is one of the things I was going to say is to, to the show's credit, it started out as a like joke, like a visual joke playing into the stereotype, and over time, over time, I mean, by the fifth season or so, they had mm-hmm. whole episodes devoted to Apu and developing his character, and 
a lot of times they fell back on other lazy, easy stereotypes, but a lot of times they didn't. Yeah. I mean, he's a very intelligent character, yeah. I think, is relevant. Yeah. Well, because the, the, the documentary really is like, acts like uh, a poo character. It oversimplifies the representation of the right. character, which right. I think hurt their argument. Um, and then uh, the other thing is that that was like literally the only Indian character on TV for a long time. Right. So it's not really the Simpsons' fault that kids in school called Indian kids Apu, which, you know what I mean? I think that the effect of it, it's just kids not having a good source of reference and being dicks. You right, know? right. But, I mean, ultimately, my main point I would say is that if people of Indian Americans or just people from India don't like it, then we should they should just say they're sorry and try to fix it like that's right. the only <laughs> response you know right. like and uh so that is very true and i think yeah what hank azaria said of like okay let's just fix this but i think rather than just like let's change the character of apu to me it's like let's just cancel the fucking simpsons <laughs> yeah see and i'd rather them try to make right i'd rather them bring in a, a an actor of Indian descent and have him sure. voice the character. And I, they don't need to change the character. Character's fine. They just, it's blackface. I mean, that's basically mm-hmm. what it is. And it just, it, I'm not saying that they were conscious of that when they originally mm-hmm. cast the role. Like you said, mm-hmm. Jess, we just, people are, white guys are waking up and realizing, oh shit, things that were normal were not good. We shouldn't have done yeah. that. So, which again, I think comes from a show being on TV for 30 years. Yeah. I mean, like, Simpsons, oh, wow. Things are different now than in the late yeah, 80s. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things like Simpsons is in, is one of the unique bits of art that is both of its time, but also still alive mm-hmm. in a way that a lot of mm-hmm. the other problematic art isn't. And that's, mm-hmm. has its own But I remember even in 1989 that character being subversive this sort of like is that okay kind of Mm -hmm. feeling like yeah and then you sort of forgot because it just became such a normal uh thing on the show right so i get it i mean i i don't mean to say that i'm like fighting back against i did think the documentary was like the guy was kind of a wiener the comedian (laughs) made the documentary i just i haven't actually seen the documentary i haven't either but i like him yeah, I like that guy. I, I just didn't think it was a very good documentary. You like him? Like when you guys hang out? He's no, cool. I like him on the internet where I hang out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with all my friends. <laughs> so actually, yes. yeah. I mean, my I guess my default is if people of a different whatever than me, gender, race, religion, whatever, tells me that uh, this representation of that of what they are makes them uncomfortable or isn't right or bothers them, I'm like, well. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Like you know better yeah. than like you know better than I do, and your opinion is more valid than mine. So yeah, absolutely. And I don't mean to push back against that at all because I completely agree with that. I just um, you just want the sentence I, I to think be it's... over. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just, it's just part of my canceled right. the Simpsons argument. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, and I mean I do think it's important too that uh, this is this character has been around for thirty years as part of how we got here. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All right, that being okay. Well, now that we've solved that problem, right? Um, Let's talk about an episode of which Apu doesn't even appear in. I know, right? I know. I just was like, yeah. Okay, so we open with uh, the workers of the power plant are being forced to do a cleanup on the weekend, which leads to Homer faking his death. <laughs> uh, immediately, a good line is "Stop frolicking and get to work." Is that uh, Smithers says that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As Homer's like 
dancing around. And then Lenny and Carl narrate, like, Homer's process of being horribly killed. Yeah, like, oh, don't great. worry, those rocks will catch his fall. Oh, no, they're breaking his arms and legs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Austin, did you rewatch this episode before... I... Or did you just have it memorized? I did rewatch it, Ryan, okay. because you asked me to. But I was really, I was really tempted to uh, to just do it from memory. And I wasn't sure. I and it was, and it was good that I did watch it because there's a couple of lines that are part of my like daily vernacular that I yeah. totally forgot came from this episode. And so then watching, was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. So it was worth it. You'll point them out as we get to them. There's oh yeah. A, there's a lot of yeah. So, uh, so it turns out it was a $600 dummy that Homer bought <laughs> that he used to fake his death so he could take a day off work. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely, uh, I mean, this is, this is season seven, and for all of the people like Ryan who decry the latter seasons of The Simpsons for their unreality and their extreme goofiness hey, I, and whatnot. I own these DVDs. I, I'm <laughs> just saying. Seven's cool. All I'm okay. saying is Homer did some wacky shit in the later seasons, but at this point it's just, you know, we're tossing out $600 on a dummy to fake his death. <laughs> That's pretty wacky and outlandish mm-hmm. already. I mean, I think part of the joke is like how not worth it would be to yeah, of course, take a day off work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then people come by. Flanders offers his condole diddly olences, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> I love, I loved the bit about how like Homer's right out back in the hammock, but he's left the hammock since Marge last saw him, and so all of the the would be mourners think that she's just like suffering denial as the. As the wind quietly blows the empty hammock. <laughs> That's my question, though. Is like, where is he? Ah! While all these, where is he at that time? We don't know. Upstairs taking a poop? I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then I love uh, when Patty and Selma come over with the tombstone, and it says, we are richer for having <laughs> lost him. <laughs> I totally want my tombstone to say that. Uh, and then they do a good bit where... Marge is confronting Homer in the dark after electricity gets cut off because Homer's declared dead and you just see their eyes. I like that one. When I asked you if that dummy was for faking your death, you said no! (laughs) As though, like, what, what, why else would, like, she asked that question, but not, uh, what are you going to use the dummy for then if not faking your death? (laughs) I thought he was going to have sex with it, but... (laughs) Because we would all do that if we had a a life-size dummy of ourselves. That's what yeah. Is that just me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think I'm pretty sure yeah, it's just, just you, you. Ryan. <laughs> Neither of you guys would have sex with your own... No. I mean, I'd heart. have sex with a life-size dummy of you, but not oh, of, yeah. of myself, is what I'm saying. You mean again? <laughs> yeah, again. Right, right. I've seen that video. Speaking of being famous on the internet, <laughs> we've all seen that video. Right so then Homer goes to the Hall of Records and uh, ends up going to... What he always thought was his mom's grave, because he finds out through the record check that allegedly his mom's still alive. There, there's a line there when when he looks at his his secret government file that the bureaucrat is all too happy to show him, and he's like, "Who the heck is Margaret Simpson?" And he goes, yeah. "It's your youngest daughter, my youngest daughter." Um, that's one of those lines. David and I have a friend named Maggie, and uh-huh. it's short for Margaret, but she hates yeah. being called <laughs> Margaret. And whenever we're in any setting, we're like. Like, you know, if we're out to dinner or something and hands over the card and they're like, oh, Margaret, is this your car? I'll be like, who the heck is Margaret? <laughs> That's awesome. I, I think they do that bit a couple times, yeah. too. With Maggie. Yeah, he yeah. forgets Maggie a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poor but man. just not no, not knowing that Maggie's short yeah, for Margaret. Right. I think they doesn't know anything about her. <laughs> <laughs> so it turns out that uh, his mom's grave is actually Walt Whitman's grave. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hate you, Walt freaking Whitman. Leaves of grass, my ass. <laughs> Leaves of grass, my ass is, is one I say a lot, too. That's another one? Yeah. Good to know. I knew that was from this episode, though. So then Homer... Falls into his own grave. <laughs> Which is such a great bit of, like, <laughs> plotting, just in terms of, like, one, in this, like, one ten-minute act, it's such a great payoff to the whole, like, he fakes his death, which is why he has to go to the courthouse, and then at the courthouse, he discovers that his mom is still alive, but then he falls into his own grave because he faked his death. <laughs> yeah. It's just this intricate piece of plotting, and it's just, they blow through it, and in a 10 minute first act which is great yeah and then they at this point it's standard that the first act kind of ends up having nothing to do with the other two but it leads into Mm -hmm. it that's really an interesting technique they had for a while um so then uh yeah homer's mom shows up i love any moment with hans (laughs) molman where it's like Homer's not really dead, and then his mom's not really dead, and the gravedigger's like, "Isn't anyone really dead?" And Han Molson's like, "I didn't want to cause any problems." <laughs> Pop, pops up out of a casket. I love it, and how Hans Molman is actually dies a lot in his first bunch of appearances. That was like a rewatch thing. I think. Yeah, yeah a, re- like, a little re. He gets run off the road and whatnot. Um, my favorite is, "Oh no, my brains." <laughs> Uh, I love that uh, Homer he tells his mom that his dad always told him that she died while he was at the movies. I know. I that was so funny, too. <laughs> like, oh, my God, that poor kid. No wonder Homer is screwed up when he thinks that he like went to the movies and his mom died while he was gone. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> I also want to say it's like the most Homer thing ever to fake your own death to get out of work no repercussions and then he gets to stumble upon something that means a lot to him like it's just yeah. like the most like you're doing everything wrong and it ends up okay for Homer so <laughs> it's like an extremely inappropriate thing to do but you know <laughs> yeah and then um, maybe I don't know it's up there if not in terms of visual gags on the Simpsons where he's like, I ruin a lot of moments and then a pelican <laughs> lands on his head yeah. and drops a fish into his pants. Like every time I even think about that, I start laughing. Like, I think it's the flopping of the fit. Like the timing is so great. Yeah. It's pretty good. So then he introduces his mom to the family and uh, Bart demands back pay for all the, uh, <laughs> He, and he lists all the holidays she owes him for, and all Kwanzaa you. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, Homer Strang was like, "All Kwanzaa you." And then this is a good sort of Simpsons thing where Bart makes this kind of ridiculous demand, and that's funny. And then that there's like a genuine connection between Lisa mm. and the grandmother is like actually like there's some heart to that and some substance to that, like. That's to me what's so great about The Simpsons is that balance of like sort of totally ridiculous and then like genuinely affecting emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. I love I love Lisa's line when when Homer reveals his mom to the family that it's like something out of Dickens or Melrose Place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, I love when uh, Lisa's connecting with uh, the grandma and Homer's like, "Look, mom, look what I can do." Yeah. <laughs> 
It's just so good. She's like, I see you, Homer. So this is Glenn Close, right? Yes, this is Glenn Close. Maybe my favorite thing Glenn Close has ever done. (laughs) I'm I'm not a huge Glenn Close fan, but... Yeah, I was going to say, I don't really know if I, like, even know her from much, so... She's in everything. I know, I just not, I don't, not the movies that I watch. Well, she she wins an Oscar, like, every other year. I don't think I she's don't actually know. won as much as you think she has. Oh, she's, like, nominated, like, every year, right? I was going to say, I don't even know that uh, she's been nominated for six Oscars. Mm. There we go. So, so there you go. All right, well, yeah, she's, take, take my words with a grain of salt. <laughs> she's probably, yeah, <laughs> Ryan may be flying by the seat of his pants here. Um, <laughs> she's probably best known for Fatal Attractions with Michael Douglas. Yeah, which is one of my favorite movies and the only thing I associate her with. So, like, it's not... Oh. I mean, and also as Cruella DeVille, which is, like, the most... I'm a oh, young yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Yep. And, of course, the head of the Nova Corps in Guardians of the Galaxy. Which I've never... I've never seen it, so... There we go. Seen her in enough stuff. It's just I don't associate her with much except for Fatal Attraction because how can you not? But All right. I have never seen Fatal Attraction. Oh, it's yeah, so neither. good. You should. T- what? Neither of you? Yeah, you guys, what are you doing? That's such a good movie. <laughs> I've never been able to differentiate it from Basic Instinct. Like, those are the same oh, movies. See, I've I never always, seen either of them. I always get it confused with War of the Roses with Michael uh, oh, Douglas <laughs> and <laughs> Kathleen Turner. Yeah, they both have Michael Douglas arguing All with right. Femme Okay, well, you should definitely watch Fatal Attraction. It's fantastic. I watched it, like, at least once right. a year, so... All right, I'll go. I'll go do that after we finish. Thank recording. you. Okay, <laughs> you're welcome. So, uh, and then a police car runs by. This is another line I really love, where she goes, "Gotta run, Grandma stuff." <laughs> yeah. The way she says it. The uh, the English major in me liked their uh, their dig at the novel A Separate Piece by John Knowles when uh, when oh. Lisa and, and with her time were like, "Oh, I saw your your awards and." You know, I used to read at a ninth grade level too, though I'd hardly call a separate piece a ninth grade level. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Take that, a separate piece. Yeah. <laughs> Take that, John Knowles, and your overwrought novel that they make you read in high school. <laughs> so then Lisa and Bart have a little meeting about their suspicions, and Bart has gone through her wallet and found all these fake IDs. What's her name? Muddy Mae Suggins? <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's um, that whole sequence with the IDs is just a great bit of one of the things the simpsons does really well which is just funny like a a a string of just like funny sounding names that build well on each other yeah and uh one of the things i love is that the you see like the different pictures on the driver's license as he flips through them and the last one is muddy may suggins and in that picture she's wearing like a outlandish sort of like flowery hat and you can uh-huh. see that there's a price tag still hanging off of it oh. <laughs> because, of course, it's like she just bought it for this picture. And it's uh-huh. one of those like half second. You probably wouldn't have even caught it if I wasn't watching it on my computer screen and was like closer to it. But it's just that's the kind of thing that Simpsons was really good at in their heyday of just like cramming a something funny into like every square inch possible. <laughs> yeah. And you really benefit from having the DVDs actually. Like there's so much stuff where you're like, Oh, there's a list really fast that runs through the screen and then you yeah. can read it now. Yeah. Like, right. So, uh, yeah. So then Marge is concerned about how excited Homer is. And then that's another really good emotional moment where she's like, why did she leave? And he's like, cause I'm a bad son and no one would ever <laughs> love me. like just the way that's done is so like, kind of you feel his feelings you know when i love how 
he has to be reminded that she left him. Like, he's so... Like, Homer is so id-driven as a character Mm -hmm. that it makes perfect sense that, like, he would latch on to the... Like, the happiness he feels at having his mom back and completely just blow past the, but why did you leave in the first place and why did you let me think that I was dead? He's just so overjoyed that she's back. And I love that it's Marge that kind of has to bring him back down to earth and be like, yeah, I'm glad that you're happy, but this woman did let you think she was dead for almost all of your life. Why was that? Let's let's deal with that. Yeah, so then the family confronts her about it. I like this, too, where she goes, can't reminisce, sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) And those are the kind of lines that I feel like it, just that, like, gotta go, grandma stuff, or can't reminisce, sleeping. Like, those, I feel like, got quoted a lot in my life. Like, just that type of response, you know? Well, it's it's a great bit of um, um, tying her to Homer, like, showing how they're related. It's the same, you know, cadence and delivery that Homer will. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of subtle kind of connection between them. Yeah. It's a lot more subtler than the one they do at the end. Yeah. Well, that's kind of yeah. hang a lampshade on it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, then we get to see her flashback to the 60s and her kind of awakening. I love this. Uh, is, this is another bit of great visual um, design, I guess, when when she's in Homer's room as he's playing Operation. And you can see mm-hmm. in, like his bedroom is basically decorated with 60s icons yeah, like there's the hang in there cat poster, mm-hmm. yeah. a light bright, a 45 record player. Like they they sat down and were like, let's grab three things that scream the 60s and just put those yeah. in Homer's room so everyone knows. Well, and his mom's haircut and clothes and stuff too. Oh, it's yeah. just so like, yeah. and even like the color palettes and stuff. Yeah, and then um, so her big awakening is seeing. Um, I love the Howard Cosell <laughs> character on the TV. And then uh, who is it? It's uh, Joe Namath's sideburns. Yes, <laughs> just yes. like. I don't know anything about sports, but uh, just her reaction (laughs) is amazing to me. I also love uh, Grandpa's uh, response to, you know, he oh, look at at that Joe Namath, his hair, he looks like a girl. Now, Johnny Unitas, there's a haircut you can set your watch to. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Which is one of those lines I say a lot, too, like, ah, that's a haircut you can set your watch to. Even though, to this day, I still don't know what that means. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. I was like, that's an expression I have absolutely no idea what it means, but it made me laugh. Yeah, no, I I didn't know (laughs) it the first time I heard it, and I still don't know it today. Yeah. I like his stern, expressionless face, though, Johnny Unitas. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. And then I don't know anything about Johnny Unitas, but that's also just like a funny yeah, name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Both both Johnny Unitas and Joe Namath were real, actual football players. From the, <laughs> that's from the good. That's good to know. Yeah. I'll take your yeah. word for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, uh, yeah, so then she gets involved in protest, and she's uh, – protesting germ warfare which is run by mr burns so here's another line that i can't get enough of their flower power <laughs> is no match for my glower power yeah that's some good glower in there mr burns <laughs> yeah, so good. um so then uh so this is an interesting reference to the weather underground because they said a bomb but instead of it being a standard bomb it's a anti-germ bomb so that's a bit of a difference yeah uh and uh, but Chief Wiggum's uh, some dis- breathing problem he has is cured asthma. By He's that. got he, his oh, asthma right. is cured from. <laughs> that's asthma. how smart I am. Some breathing problem. <laughs> <laughs> now let's go back to the building thingy where our beds and TV <laughs> is. <laughs> 
So then uh, Homer's mom helps Mr. Burns when he gets hurt, but it leads to her being ID'd by him. Uh, so she has to lamb it. She has to go underground. Yeah, it's it was um I hate I hate to play this card cuz I'm not generally one of these people, but I found the scene. I think this was probably the first time that I watched this episode since my son was born. And so I found mm-hmm. the scene of her like kissing him goodnight and saying that she'll miss him and and then like leaving forever to as far as she knows never see him again. I found that much more emotionally affecting this time around mm-hmm. than I had before. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's a really that's a it's a sad little moment. Yeah. Well, why did you abandon your son, Oscar? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> there's things to do on the internet, and <laughs> only so much time in the day. <laughs> He, he couldn't have sex with that replica of me in his own <laughs> yeah, house. Yeah, tough, tough loss. He had, to, he had to move into a warehouse <laughs> the other side of town. Oh, my. Um, so, yeah. So then Homer goes to the post office to get all the care packages he never got from his mom. <laughs> Which is a great, that's another great little bit where he's just like, hi, do you, I'm Homer Simpson. Do you have any undelivered mail for me? No. Oh, wait, this. And he hands over like a giant sack full of mail. <laughs> It's just like been sitting under the counter this whole time. I know it's right there too. That's another timing thing where it's like funnier because it's right there. And then this is another thing that's like uh, funny how accurate it is that because Bernie's picture was she was on the 10 most wanted list. And so her picture was up at the post office for a long Mm. time. Oh, really? Like that was so like that that bit was literally take like, wow, that's cool. Yeah, there's like a few pieces that are like actually research based, and that's one of them. And uh, yeah. listen to the interview at the end of the episode to All get right. more information about that. I will yeah. have to do that. Yeah. So, uh, and that's also how Mister Burns uh, IDs her. He sees her because he's trying to do something. <laughs> he's he's trying to send a letter to Prussia from about Siam via autogyro or something like that. <laughs> like the, the gag is all that it's these like outdated things that no longer exist. And so the, right. the, the pimply, the squeaky voiced teen behind the counter <laughs> who happens to work everywhere. Right. Yeah. Right. Can't figure out what he's talking about. Cause there is no Prussia Siam or autogyro around anymore. Yeah. But yeah, he spots, right. so he spots uh, Homer's mom and, makes the connection so then we get the cops from dragnet which is another amazing <laughs> thing, I think. um first so we have burns talking about the the shape of her skull and what that says about mm-hmm. her <laughs> which i always love a good phrenology joke when they can, yeah. anyone can work that one in <laughs> And how oh, that was good. Smithers is like phrenology was dismissed as quackery over 160 years ago. <laughs> That's the other thing is like, I mean, I know some of this from listening to the commentary, but there's all these things where Mr. Burns would have to be like 200 years oh, old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one of my favorite lines, another one of my favorite lines is in the next scene where uh, uh, Homer's mom singing a Bob Dylan song and it leads to Homer going, do I know what rhetorical means? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs> How many roads must a man walk down before you can call him a man? And then Homer says, seven. He's like, no, Dad, it's a rhetorical question. Oh, then eight. <laughs> you also, there, there's a gr- there's a great bit with the dragnet cops where uh, they they get the, they're, they're the, they're FBI agents in this, in this setting. And uh, um, they come out of Burns' office and the, the one says, you know, 
what do you think would turn a mom into a hippie like that? And he makes some comment about maybe she felt that the war in Vietnam was so evil that her ends justified her means. Like, gee, Joe, you haven't been the same since your son went crazy in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's another meta thing. That's actually what burning was doing. Oh, that's really? Like the true story. Ah. Yeah, that's why they set bombs and stuff. Because... I am very excited to yeah, hear this that's interview. Awesome. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll lose some more uh, right wing listeners. <laughs> <laughs> They're really dropping like flies. All our uh, Republican listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's not going to help. But yeah. Um. So then Grandpa shows up, and there's kind of a, a mild confrontation. Yeah. I don't know if we have much to say about that. Uh, he he. It ends with him saying. He yells at her and he's like, can we have sex, please? Well, I tried. What's for dinner? <laughs> We've all been there. Uh, silence. Okay. Let's move on. So then uh, there's like the kids are tie-dyeing and stuff. There's all these 60s references. And do you guys get – there's the reference with uh, Maggie dancing with all the stuff written on around her? I get that it is a reference to something. I don't remember exactly. I'll get it wrong if I try. I want to say it's Love American style, but I'm probably wrong. That I'm sure like sounds w- right. one one person's annoyed right now. But I remember <laughs> watching this with my mom when it came out and her explaining to me what that was from. Oh, <laughs> yeah, this is where this is where uh, uh, Grandma and Lisa have a really sweet moment together where Lisa talks about how she never used to know how she fit into mm-hmm. the family and always thought that maybe she was adopted. But now she she knows that she, you know, She's sort of the direct descendant of, of Homer's mom, and that's where her her uh, outlook on life comes from, which I always thought that was a touching little moment Yeah, that's there. sweet. Yeah. So then they get a lead from the grade digger, and there's this repeating line of like, yeah, I seen her. That is to say, I saw her. <laughs> yeah. There's also, a great, there's also a great visual gig where the FBI agents are typing her description into a computer, and then he's <laughs> like, based on this, it sounds like our suspect should be 25 years older and they turn the computer around and it's just the big number 25 (laughs) (laughs) and then he says he saw he talked to two ladies one was real pretty and the other kind of plain and it's Patty and Selma (laughs) which is pretty good and then another this thing is just like rapid fire it is oh totally is and again another like as much as the first act was just about getting Homer to meet his mom now this tie like it brings it back to the authorities finding her at his house because they go to see Patty and Selma because they were at the cemetery because they have the tombstone that they got for mm-hmm. Homer about right. how they're yeah. richer for having lost him and so it's like as much as that first act was a means to an end it still hasn't been completely abandoned and they're still sort of using it to tie everything together yeah yeah there's a couple and this is like a really tight yeah. episode yeah it story. really is you mean the grave of Eustace R. Nemo? <laughs> uh, Chief, you're reading that upside down. It says Homer Jason's. And he's like, and then pick up one of them gyros. You're talking to your wallet. <laughs> so good. So then Homer gets a uh, a warning call from an anonymous tipster. Ooh. And then what is the song they're playing when they're invading the house? What song is the, that? The, the first one or the one that cuts in after? The one that cuts in. That. It's, it's, it's Waterloo from, from ABBA. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's from ABBA. Um, and I don't know why, but it's so strangely effective to me. Like yeah. that being the music that's playing, like with all the shots from the camera, like mm-hmm. all the... 
Yeah, because it starts off, Burns pulls up in a tank, and he's playing Ride of the Valkyries, and then a few seconds into it, it cuts to Waterloo. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, weird how it retains this ominous feeling, even though that's what's (laughs) playing. Like, it's, like, funny and alarming at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. It's a great little musical cue. So the other line, this is probably the thing I've quoted the most in my life, is uh, because then Grandpa Simpson's stalling them because he says he's the Lindbergh <laughs> baby. And uh, they're like, are you just stalling? Or are you crazy? And he goes, a little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> that <laughs> is oh, easily God. in the top five most quoted lines that I've used in my <laughs> everyday life. Boy, are we nerds. I totally forgot that was from this episode until, like, when Burns shows up, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the little from column A, little from column B episode. What are your other, what are your other, like, top, Mm. top quoted? Um, Everything's coming Mm -hmm. up Millhouse. Oh, yeah. I use that one a lot. Um, And that's, like, season eight or nine, I think, actually. It is, I think, nine. It's the, it's the one with, uh, it's, it's not a great episode but it did give me the everything's coming up millhouse yep. line so i love it for that where homer tries to become a conceptual artist and yeah ends up flooding he floods, he floods the, the, town. the town and that's when millhouse has his high waters on and so his socks are soaking wet but his cuffs are bone dry <laughs> everything's coming up millhouse um that one a lot cromulent is a word that i just use now like i write i like i write x-men reviews and i'll be like this is a perfectly cromulent story and um that's just become a word that i use now um yeah a little from column a a little from column b i'd have to think about some of the other ones they're just there like i don't even it isn't even like when i say things now i'm like oh that's a line from simpsons it's just part of my vernacular it's just part yeah do you have any big big ones jess um i i definitely say everything's coming up millhouse or a version of it a lot um also, I feel like these days, um, like as far as gifts go, if those count as like quotes. There's a there's a scene where Millhouse is throwing a frisbee to himself in the playground, and I use that one like <laughs> almost every single day of my life. So, in reference to oh, what? it's just anything like it's both like if I uh, am like feeling like oh, I wish I had something to do tonight, and like that comes to mind, or mm. of like um. I wish everybody would stop talking to me. And like that represents like how I feel as well. So it's just kind of me. I guess Millhouse is everything to me. So yeah. Millhouse is great. Man. Yeah. He's, he's, he's special. Uh, there's a, there's the country club episode when Marge gets them invited to the country club, but then is all oh, yeah. like nervous about her dress and all that. And she gives everybody like, you know, things that they can't do to embarrass yeah. her. And so she tells she tells Bart, no grifting. He's like, ah, Shaz bot. And he like, puts a deck of cards. I guess I do. That's when I was like, that's, it's like a curse word for me. Like, ah, Shaz bot. Uh, that's really good. Um, I think the thing I, I don't even, again, I don't know what it means, but that's, a, I say, um, it's a, it's from season eight, I think Ryan, sorry. But, um, in the, it's it. well, it's <laughs> in the burlesque episode. Um, but where Marge is giving Homer like the list of instructions because she's leaving and he's not paying attention <laughs> and he says, "Right, yep, cat in the furnace." And like that's what I always say anytime I try to like have a conversation with anyone in my family because nobody listens. So, yep, cat, the, in, cat the in the furnace. That is like a really special one to me. <laughs> so, what is the one where it's like someone's gonna take a test and it's like they're not listening and they're like. Kill spectators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what episode that is, but that's. I remember the yeah. Yeah, too. 
It's like, don't do this or it'll right. kill spectators. Bart, are you listening? <laughs> kill spectators. <Yeah. laughs> That's great. So then home. <laughs> So then Homer and his mom oh, are taken off. It's the it's yeah. the um, um, soapbox derby race right. when, oh, right. when Bart's gonna drive Martin's super sonic space age soapbox derby car, and Homer's mad at him about it. So Bart's depressed. Mm-hmm. He's like, "That's right." Martin's giving him instructions about like, if you don't do this, it'll fly into the stands and kill spectators. Are you listening, Bart? Kill spectators. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> He's sad. Oh. That's a great one. Yeah. So then, um, so this is the only thing. Okay. So then he Homer escapes with his mom, and they're like, I don't know, in Utah or something. <laughs> uh, and then they're on the phone with the anonymous tipster. But how did they call him? Mm. Oh, oh right. right, right. Yeah. That's just a thing where you're like, yeah. whatever, because they're you know obviously mm-hmm. he called them at the house to give them the thing, and this is how we find out it was right. Chief Wiggum. Oops. Um, Spoiler! They're on the phone with him from a payphone, and it's like, how did they call him this? It's like it wraps up that uh, story, but you're like, wait, but no, it's it's a good point, Ryan. And I guess I'd never even consider that until just now. All these all these years watching, I was like, yeah, you're right. He would have had to have called them, but then he would have had to have known they'd be at that payphone, or they would have had to have called him, but then they would have had to have known what number to call. Maybe the, yeah. maybe when he called him anonymously, he was like, "When you get away, call me back at this number." <laughs> let me know. Just let me know you got away safely. Maybe. Uh, yeah. He um, he was paying her back. I don't know. All I'm saying is, fuck this episode. It's really. <laughs> so yeah, the 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 bit is that because her uh, antibiotic bomb back in the '60s helped cure Chief Wiggum of his asthma, which enabled him to enter the police academy. He's paying her back by tipping her off. Yeah, and I like how he's like says who it is, and they just hang up. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. So then uh, Homer's mom goes back on the lamb, which means they don't have to pay Glenn Close to be a regular cast member. Correct. And uh, I like the hippie van she gets in. That's pretty funny. <laughs> but did you and, did uh, you know Ryan? And you probably didn't that uh, she has returned in subsequent episodes. I was going to ask you, how many times has she returned? She has been in nine total episodes. What? Yeah. Fuck, that's like I saw, because I watched The Simpsons like every three years or something. I'll watch one episode. Yeah. And there was a Sideshow Bob episode I saw like five years ago, and I was like, whoa, he's got like a, two kids and a wife, and like they've yep. really been... Yep. So what happens in all the... Can you give me the, the, the quick uh, version of... <laughs> I forget all of them. I was, I, yeah. Um, cause I any, was looking at them earlier. To, I mean, to give you a point of reference, like, so this was 95. She doesn't come mm-hmm. back again until 2003. Mm-hmm. Then she comes back again in 2008. Then 2012, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. So took a number of years off and then they kind of worked her in once a year for a couple of years mm-hmm. there. Hmm. But, uh, but you don't know like any of the premises no, I, for the I, episode. There's, I know there's one where she comes back and she gets caught and put into jail and basically fakes her death to get out of it to like, they're transporting her to a different prison. And so she escapes and they're chasing her. And so then she fakes her death. So they think she's dead. And then she goes on the lamb again. That was a pretty basic, like, we want her back, but we can't have her in the cast, so we need to come up with a way for her to have to go on the lamb again at the end kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, I know there was an episode where this was after Beautiful Mind, the movie came out, where 
Homer, where she was sending Homer messages through like the crossword puzzle clues in the newspaper. So they did a whole like beautiful mind shtick where Homer was like going crazy in a room where he was seeing like the letters on the newspaper light up and finding, Mm. finding different uh, messages that she left him there and. That's about all that I can remember of her subsequent I think she, I think that she dies, too. Like, actually dies. Yeah, I yeah. think... Yeah, I think her her last one this year was, like, an actual, like, they killed yeah, the I think she, off, yeah. kind of a thing. Oh, do you know how she died? Um, no, I, when I was reading it just right before this, it was something like, I don't know, Homer tries to reach her somehow and just, like, hears that she's past i'm not sure if they like explore it much in the um i mean they probably explore the aftermath but i don't think they explore the actual uh like death so i could be wrong though i haven't seen the episode i was streaming about on the internet so well i I, you could pretty much tell me anything about recent episodes of the simpsons and i would believe you yeah i think (laughs) i think at least one or two of those appearances might have been um like in the past like when she when homer was a kid and like they may have just been like brief, oh. brief like flashback kind of things, or maybe like an episode that um, was set mostly in the past because they've done a yeah couple of, they've done a couple of those now. Yeah, I think I actually think it said that she was in one after she di- after her character dies. Um, she's in like a dream um, yeah. of Homer's. So yeah, I don't think she's. I mean, it's a cartoon, so obviously if she's dead. She could come back anytime. <laughs> it's not like. A, I mean, and clearly yeah. Glenn Close is up for it in terms of like she'll come back for just a couple lines or a scene here or there. Right, right. Yeah, people always say like this kind of shit takes like half an hour. Yeah, you know? like it's not, it's not a huge commitment to <laughs> like, be on an episode. Of the I think they're at a point now where Harry Shearer does it all from his house. Mm. like they Good just they're like yeah they call, like a producer calls him up and is like harry did you get the script yep all right we're ready to record when you are and he just pounds out his lines and then goes back to whatever he's doing mm-hmm. he's like 80 years old um that's the other thing about like more recent episodes of the simpsons when i watch them is it feels like everyone's sick of it like the voices of the characters it seems like they're all like shrugging when they say their lines or something like yeah i mean there's I, there's some truth to that I mean, to that, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that impression sometimes. I get that, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just kind of feel like maybe they should cancel The Simpsons. Anyway, um, um, <laughs> wait, I forgot to say something earlier when we were talking about the van. Um, my mom yeah. drove that van. That was like my childhood van. So <laughs> Nice. I'm not even a little bit surprised. <laughs> I know you are. Yeah. Even like that olive green color is like that was our van. And my mom, every time she passes one to this day she thinks somebody should buy her one she could buy one herself but she won't so can i uh can i disclose on the podcast jess that i got high in an alley with your mom at your birthday party <laughs> yes you can <laughs> also that your mom could throw back way more joints than me nice <laughs> like, your mom kicked my ass yes yeah, she's um She's had some experience. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was like, I was like, how novel it would be to get high with Jess's mom, and then I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, she's Jess's mom does not show up to play. <laughs> so I was like, hey, uh, Jess, I'm gonna try to get high with your mom, and you were like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and then Good I was luck. like, hey, and I was like, is this gonna be a thing? And I was like, hey, do you want to go get high? And she's like, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want now. I want to say that my mom is like infinitely cooler than i am and i don't do that so <laughs> i'm like one puff that's not i can't i can't i'm like yeah 
She's something else. Last time I saw Jess, we watched From Justin to Kelly. So that's how cool. (laughs) A movie I have seen a lot and Ryan had never seen. So, yeah. I never saw it. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah. We also made brownies. So. Those are good. It was fun. All right. (laughs) Here's another thing me and Jess did. No, okay. Um, (laughs) So then the end of this, like, is extremely emotionally affecting, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So um, they have a nice exchange, and that's cool. And then, you know, and you kind of feel sad that he has to say bye to his mom again. You don't kind of feel sad. You feel genuinely sad. Yeah, yeah. And then um, just that he... He says bye, and then you see him standing there, and then that it's like switches to nighttime, and he's just sitting on the car and like watching the sky as the credits are rolling. Mm-hmm. Like that, I remember seeing that the first time, and that just really like gets me, man. Yeah, they do the they do the whole credits yeah. as kind of this sad music is playing, and Homer is just sort of contemplating existence, staring at the night sky, and it's a yeah you know, departure from the usual Simpsons closing credits and. Well, and I think, you know, mm-hmm. there's added weight because it's Homer being introspective. Right, right. Um, but also just, like, how do you sort of describe the emotion that someone would feel at that moment? And I thought that was such a poignant way to do that. Right, right. That's sort of that bittersweet mix of, like, I had to say goodbye to her, but at least I know she's alive now. And we missed out on so much time together, but we trying trying to make up for it. and just sort of sitting with your feelings too mm-hmm. and i feel like i've done similar things like when i've had to say bye to someone that i really didn't want to or you just kind of sit there for a minute you know like did yeah ryan did did you not have four friends and a screech to help you out in those situations there's <laughs> <laughs> a little throwback to <laughs> our save by the bell days Car- carolyn's not here to do it so i had to i had to pitch in for her. <laughs> fair enough <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then that, that wraps up the episode. So, um, before we do our, uh, we'll do our, our, uh, evaluations and plugs and stuff, but before we do that, uh, let me set up the interview I did with Bernadine Dorn, in which, so I watched this with her, and I got her reactions. So, uh, without further ado, here it is. So, um, I'm here with Bernadine Dorn, who... (laughs) I just watched this episode of The Simpsons with. Um, so I Ryan, was... I never saw The Simpsons. I've never seen one. At all? You've never seen an episode of The Simpsons? Not really. I mean, I, you know, I breathe so I know who the characters are. Sure. But no, it was too late at night. Okay. I get better. <laughs> I get up early. So I was watching it one time. I have the DVDs and I've watched this episode a bunch. And mm-hmm. then I was listening to it with commentary. And then they just said that... Homer's mom is based on you. I just played you that. It's it's unambiguous. This character is based on you. So then I I, I didn't even know there was a Homer's mom. I just right. knew there was Marge, and I thought that couldn't be really. So I think I emailed you like three years ago about this or something. Do you remember that? Or? Yes, okay. I do. And then uh, did I just ignore your email? I don't think so. I think you got that. But I mean, I guess that's part of what. I, well, so first of all, can you mm. tell our listeners why why are you the basis of Homer's mom? I have no idea. Well, <laughs> I have no idea except that the writers were clearly plugged into, you know, the sixties mm-hmm. and uh, well, the seventies. Really, I went went on to the FBI's ten most wanted list in nineteen seventy. Okay, so this had to be right before then. So, will you just clarify for the audience what? What, what was going on with you? 
well, I had, you know, been an activist and an organizer. I was the national leader of SDS, Students for a Democratic Society, big uh, student organization, really white student organization, uh, was involved with, um, well, many things, the civil rights movement for me personally, mm -hmm. but did a lot of international travel and work around the Vietnam War uh, and students in the United States supporting the Black Freedom Movement. So that was kind of my MO. And then as uh, J. Edgar Hoover and company closed in and started arresting everybody, and as we decided, many of us, that we were revolutionaries and were going to make a revolution, mm -hmm. um, events conspired um, so that we created a, an underground, a clandestine organization. Mm -hmm. And I disappeared and went underground, and so did initially several hundred people. Many of them went back. But we eluded, I eluded the FBI for 11 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was on J. Edgar Hoover's 10 Most Wanted list at a time when Angela Davis was on the 10 was you know, at the top of the 10 most wanted list and mm -hmm. H. Rep. Brown from the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. And there's a and picture of you up in the post office and stuff, right? That's right. So yeah. pictures were up in the post office and there was such a uh, movement of solidarity and support at that moment in 1970, 71, 72, 73 against the Nixon administration and against the powers that be and status quo and mm -hmm. life uh, as usual that the wanted posters became, everybody took them down from the oh. post office walls and put them in their windows and said, Angela Davis, welcome here. Oh. Bernadine Doran, welcome here. So there were post, there were all kinds of counter posters and, and a refusal to cooperate with the FBI in those years. So, <laughs> so, you know, it was a, a tug of war for, uh, I don't know what, for which side were you on? Yeah. Around war and racism. So was it hard to leave your son Homer Simpson while you were underground? <laughs> now that's a part of the character that I don't know quite where that came from. So I mean, yeah, I'm just. It's. I didn't have any children, needless to say, at that at time. That time yeah. I, I ended up having three boys. But so, what is your reaction to watching this episode now? Like, just are you stunned or? <laughs> I'm totally stunned. Yeah. I'm totally stunned that you know we start with her grave <laughs> that's uh <-huh. laughs> empty. Yeah, well, it was um, Walt Whitman's grave. It turned out. It turned out that was a nice little twist to have Walt Whitman in there. Um, and you know, himself quite a rebel. Well, as like a representation, obviously it's not directly you. It's you know inspired by you. But as sort of a representation of you and the life you've had and everything, like, did you feel connected to it, or did it seem ridiculous, or what? Well, what seemed what seemed true, uh, apart from the child, you know, that you've abandoned, and the uh, children that you now bond with your granddaughter, you know, what's true is that uh, you know people left their lives and mm -hmm. went to make a revolution or to experience themselves sexually differently or humanly differently or to make a commune or to make uh, a new world yeah. and that that abandoning I, I mean I left my parents and didn't talk to them for 11 years yeah. for example so that part of it did <laughs> did resonate it, you know it wasn't really 
funny at the time, but it, <laughs> is it funny now? It is funny <laughs> yeah. even, you know. I mean, here's the FBI knocking on my parents' door. I very middle middle America, just barely out of the working class, no college background. And my parents always let, opened the door and let the FBI come in and gave them cookies and homemade <laughs> cookies and coffee. But, you know, stopped talking to any member of the family who actually cooperated with the FBI. Mm. So my parents had their own boundaries. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so did really lots of parents, millions of parents yeah. in that era. But so when you think about like your life and your achievements and the sort of legacy of things you've done, like <laughs> I didn't know that this was part of Yeah, it. <laughs> well, so like what does it mean to you that you're the basis of uh Homer Simpson's mom? Well, I'm delighted. Yeah. Can I say? <laughs> Most of the commentary uh, you know, isn't isn't uh charming and funny and kind of the what am I thinking of? You know, the, the crazy aunt, the crazy relative, you know, who mm -hmm. went off and tried to change the world. Oh, so you mean like as a representation of even just like the weather underground, you felt like the Simpsons episode was was better than what you're used to? or Well, better than the right-wing commentary that sure. you know, plays on all these years later as if, as if we were still then. I don't live in the past, so <laughs> that I don't, you know, that's not how I'm defined. But I... I do find this absolutely delightful. Yeah, well, and then as a sort of a pop culture representation, too, because I think kind of your work and life hasn't really been in pop culture as much. It's been no, more political. Except for knowing you. Right, right yeah. I barely have. <laughs> my, my fingernails are not even in the... Well, and I think, too, like, there are so many people that are, like, obsessed with this stuff. Like, it would mean their whole life to them to be the basis of a Simpsons character or something. <laughs> and then I think you have had this life of, you know, all these things that have happened and then you would have never even known about this like this is very peripheral to your experience you know I knew I had a rumor about it and I always thought it was Homer's wife I don't oh, know yeah. why I didn't know never thought of it as being his mother mm -hmm. anyway I don't know enough about it to know yeah so, yeah it was out there but I'm so just... glad you introduced me to sure <laughs> yeah. anytime yeah if I find any more stuff about you I'll, I'll no show no it to if you <laughs> just if you run into the the writers, the script writers. <laughs> oh, keep an eye out for them, yeah. <laughs> They'll, it'll be funny that it was all this time for me to realize. Yeah, but I mean, is it like meaningful to you or is it just some kind of a weird thing? Or I'm just curious, like your connection, how connected you feel to this thing we just saw, you know? Uh, I don't know how to answer that. Sure. I really don't know how yeah. to answer that. I'll have to, th have to think about it, dream about it. Yeah, I'll get back. Have it pop yeah. into my mind at the gym. I know I when you're know. in the shower, you'll have a really good exactly. response. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's a uh, charming. Yeah. You know because as as the scriptwriter said, we worked very hard to be bad and good at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know to be outlaws and tough and scary and and uh, you know willing to do anything to make a revolution uh -huh. stop the u.s war machine stop racism stop killing black people that was our whole kind of we'll do anything and yet at the same time it was you know a, a, in some part a fantasy yeah and an imagining uh but it was a it was a group imagining people were you know inventing women's health care and going off to you know their own food and live holistically 
yeah in in concert with the earth's needs and and uh and you know soldiers were putting down their guns or turning them on their officers i mean it was a it was a a comic it wasn't a comic but it was a upside down time yeah it's a little, a little different than right now i would say <laughs> i think um, yes and no what did you think though like about the representation of like hippies and things like that like well you know everything is a caricature in there yeah. so normal life is a caricature too yeah uh yeah you know of course drugs sex rock and roll <laughs> <laughs> Who could resist at least two of those? <laughs> you know, I think that um, it was a moment, 1970, uh, where women left their husbands. Oh, yeah. And left their families, mm -hmm. even left their kids. Because it was such a, um, you know, such an earthquake to be in the women's movement, to be part of women's consciousness raising, to think that you didn't have to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in my graduating class from college or from law school, still women thought, well, I'll work a couple of years. That, you know, it's mm. hard to go back to that moment in time, but it was so crazy because you were pushed and driven toward, well, toward marriage to a man, but then if not a man, somebody, you know, a lifetime with somebody. Yeah. Uh, and, and children. So to see... To see, you know, the rebel in the grandma yeah. here and to see the granddaughter, uh, you know, inspired. Yeah. It, it's just perfect. It's really, it, that's what, it does catch that aspect of the moment. It has nothing, mm -hmm. I'm just a, another person impacted by that, but it impacted millions of women yeah. around the world right at that moment. Do you feel like it was at all like a sanitized representation, though? How it was, it wasn't about the Vietnam War, it was about like germs, which is a very more kind of like apolitical topic, you know? Like, well, I don't know if that's sanitized or scarier. Yeah. <laughs> germ warfare. Um, it's, uh, I'll have to think about that. Yeah. yeah, it's missing color. It's missing people of color. It's missing, yeah. you know, the black freedom movement. So if you don't get that, you don't get anything. But Hollywood didn't get that in any of its representations of Vietnam. Yeah. And even, what, 30 years later? Even 30 years later, we're yeah. struggling. Yeah. We got a new Black Panther, but... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's the solution. Um, did you learn any important lessons from watching this? Well, I'm sorry I missed it in my youth. What was I yeah. thinking? <laughs> well, do you think you'll tell people about this? Like, is this really cool for you, or is it just kind of... I think that we, you know... I, well, we didn't have computers, and mm -hmm. we didn't have the kind of televisions that you could save and replay. Yeah. So when I missed it, I kind of missed it. Did you hear about it at all when it happened, though? Yes. Or? But okay. I thought, as I say, I thought it was Marge. And oh, okay. that never made sense to me, just even from not knowing, not watching it, but yeah. knowing her character. So now I get it. Yeah. The disappeared, the runaway grandma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the runaway mother. I got it. So now you'll tell everyone about this all the time, I'm sure. <laughs> Lucky me, I had children late and uh, get to be a grandma now. How similar are your, you have sons, how similar are they to Homer Simpson, do you think? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all? Okay. No. Are you disappointed by that or do you feel okay about it? I feel great about it. <laughs> <laughs> They're their own people. Yeah.
Well, right on. I think that's probably enough stuff. Okay. Well, thanks for doing this. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for showing me something I had no idea about. Sure. Thanks for watching this. <laughs> Anytime. Okay. Wow, guys. That was a really great interview, huh? <laughs> that sure was something. Beautiful. Yeah, you guys all learn a lot from that. Yeah, I loved that it. Thing, it that thing where you said you the said thing, anything. that was really great. Yeah. <laughs> the, the magic of editing. <laughs> So, um, Jess, what did you learn from this episode? Oh, what did I learn? Um, you know, I will, I will speak from watching it like now, um, cause I've seen it a lot growing up, but it definitely made me feel more emotional, not because I have a son like Austin, but, um, I, <laughs> uh, like, it's like maybe a mother, just like a mother connection thing and, um, Homer's willingness to just look past everything his mom put him through is something I can relate to. So I um. think I'll say I learned that um, moms are so fucked up. <laughs> That's it. That's what I'm going with. You just learned that from this episode? <laughs> yeah, just just tonight. It's been a big night for me. Wow, yeah. I learned it at your birthday party. <laughs> In the back alley. <laughs> fair enough (laughs) all right well we'll we'll write that on your tombstone great moms are so fucked up Uh, how about you austin what'd you learn um why we learned that the little from column a little from column b line comes from this episode i I totally Mm. had, had forgotten that um yeah i don't have anything nearly as insightful as what jess just said I know Jess will do that to you. Yeah, that was good. That Sorry, was good. guys. I go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I definitely. Um, this definitely resonated differently for me now that I'm a parent versus when I wasn't. Um, and and having a somewhat, uh, what's the word? Not tumultuous, but. Uh, not very happy with my mom right now. So the You're uh, not? no. So do you the, want to tell us more about that? Jess just spilled her guts. So. Oh, I, oh I, we've, we I think we've covered this ground before. We'll, we'll, I don't think we have. We'll, cha- we'll chase away more of our Republican listeners if I really get into it. Um, oh wow! Is your mom on the right? Um, she yeah. My mom has become an angry, ignorant racist as she's gotten older. Whoa. Um Yeah. So I I continue to have a hard time grappling with that. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. It's so. been really interesting, uh, Austin, because I've been podcasting with you for, what, four years now or something? <laughs> Maybe it'd be more uh, than that. Yeah. And I always feel like Austin's sort of like the straight man, like the most kind of, I would say the least flawed one of us. <laughs> and it's been interesting. Almost more recently, we've sort of peeled back some stuff like this is news to me or your your financial issues oh i know yeah when, when you were talking about having all of the uh the simpsons dvds i was like yeah i know what that's all about yeah <laughs> i'm very we, selective in my dvd buying but have, it's like those are like some of the only dvds i have i, but, have, um, I have like all of the 18 seasons they put out on dvd before they stopped putting them on dvd did they stop <laughs> they did because they have the the simpsons world mm-hmm. website now they're pretty much like that's that's it now like nobody buys nobody buys dvds anymore either 
Um, well, nobody wants past season 18, probably. Well, yeah, but um, they the big draw was always the com for a lot of people yeah. was always the commentaries, and they have those all recorded. You can go on Simpsons World and watch any of the episodes with the audio commentary now. So. Oh, cool! Yeah, the commentaries are really yeah, cool. they are. They're really good. They're really good commentaries. But yeah, really well so um, so as I continue to grapple with my mom failing to live up to the values that she instilled in me as a child, now that she is a uh, increasingly bitter boomer. Um, I have a new relationship with this episode where I'm approaching it more from the parent side of things than the mm. than the mother son oh. child yeah. relationship. Do you, so. do you wish that your mom would just get into a van and disappear? <laughs> well, that's yeah. Sometimes that's the that's the, that's what's complicated about it because it's like she's still my mom and I still love her and she was still there for me in a lot of ways. But then she's you know she has these beliefs now and these outlooks and perspective on things and i'm like who are you and where did you come from and why are you like this now i don't like it hmm. Hmm. so yeah again your your late in the series character development has been very interesting to me Austin. Yeah. well <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best to keep you on your toes ryan thank you you always do um wow we're really having a lot of innuendos this week, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should kiss to break the tension there's Although, that, okay there is one of the top five simpson lines that david and i say to each other all the time in real life <laughs> yeah you do there is there is uh, rarely a situation that can't be improved by a sudden maybe we should kiss to break the tension <laughs> i was gonna say too i'm actually much taller than you so i think i keep you on your toes that's true oh. that's true yeah. Um, yeah, my mom's moving to Costa Rica in a couple of weeks, so uh, right. I'll probably be sitting on my car by the highway staring at the sky. Aww. Aww. But I'm happy for her. She needs to get away is, from... Is she also wanted by the law? Is is that why she's going to Costa Rica? No, I think she's the opposite of your mom. Yeah. She's, <laughs> she's like, screw she's, this noise. I'm getting the hell out of this fascist hellhole. Like, she's had enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I support her. Yeah. We'll see. She might move back in a year. We'll see. Um, well, I learned... Uh, well, one thing I learned is that Bernie Dorn has never seen The Simpsons before. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, I had the honor of being sitting next to her the first time she'd ever watched it. That's that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. That was... She really sprang that on me. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Was that like? Was it like the end of the episode? She's like, "So that's what the Simpsons is all about." And you're like, "Wait, what?" Well, you'll you've heard the interview. Oh, that's true. I did. I did hear it. <laughs> you just heard it before this. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's right. And I also learned what rhetorical means. Eight. <laughs> so I I find you both so uh, engaging and witty. So oh, well, uh, thank you. Just. Jess Thalmer, where can I find you on the internet to continue um, to engage with you? Well, you can find me at Thalms, that's T-H-O-L-M-Z, on everywhere that I can be on the internet. Um, that's it. Sometimes I write for Hello Giggles. If you feel like uh, going to Hello Giggles and searching my name, Jessica Thalmer, you can. But I write really embarrassing news stories on the weekends for like $25 a piece. So don't judge me if you're going to do that, but... What what qualifies as embarrassing news? Oh, like um, you know, stuff about the Kardashian kids. Oh, you know, like more. like Stormy was born or whatever. Yeah, stuff like that. I don't even ever know what I'm talking about. I just like, I just fake it and get paid. So fake fake news. <laughs> I mean, I think it's real news, but I'm faking my knowledge in it. So yes, fake news. <laughs> hey, twenty. 
twenty five bucks is twenty five bucks. Yeah, well, and my editor likes me the most of all the, the writers. So I hope nobody that <laughs> listens to Take that, other writers. But I get a lot of stories, so it's like a quick, you know, hour of my life, and I get a lot of money, so it's fine. Nice. Um, and also, uh, a big incentive is if you're friends with Jess on Twitter for about two years, you can end up G-chatting with her almost every day. That's right. <laughs> that is a promise I keep to all internet strangers. Absolutely no <laughs> exceptions. Not just me. Um, <laughs> Not that's just That's what's Ryan. funny, too. Is I talk to Jess <laughs> a lot, and uh, rarely rarely do we hear each other's voices. But That's um, true. Yeah. I, I work from home, and she's bored at work a lot, and it's really uh, helped us there. get to know each other. I'm just on the internet all the time. She's just on there, and I'm always like, am I bugging Jess? But you always seem, I don't know. I just feel like I should also say that I'm not bored. I just also, I multitask. Because if my boss listens to this, because he knows I'm doing this. I'm doing like three jobs right now, Ryan, so. Yeah. No, I, I know all about it. <laughs> not not right now, tonight. I haven't been working. <laughs> so Someone had a baby. Someone broke someone their had... wrist. That's right. You know. Okay. So yeah. now if Tyler's no, listening, I'm... we're all good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm reading. Yeah. Kill spectators. Got it. Kill spectators. <laughs> Cat in the furnace. Cat in so. the furnace. All right. <laughs> yeah. Great. I met Jess initially because she was a reader of Full House Reviewed, actually. Oh, boy, um, am I? Not even past tense. I still read all the time. Um, do you? That makes one yeah. of us. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, you know, they just put it on Hulu. So when I was doing my when I was doing my rewatch, I was also reading it. And it's so funny. Um, I've heard that. I get I get me- letters or whatever that people are. It's like a DVD commentary track to people. It really like, is. Yeah. Things. Well, and I, I didn't read like every single one. But like with a really ridiculous episode, I'd be like, wait, I got to pull up Ryan's blog because it's so <laughs> funny. But. I, I, Get the hot take. I think I yeah. recently got an email from GoDaddy that your your domain name review does that count, Ryan? As, <laughs> as, as reading your uh, your Full House review. Sure. Well, I actually met both of you from writing Full that's House. That's true. Oh, look that at is, that! that how true. sweet. So that's why I'm wasting time on a podcast. Speaking of which, <laughs> okay. Austin, how do I find you on the internet? Um, well, you can come quote Simpsons with me on Twitter any old time uh, at Austin Gorton and. You can read my writing, including my episode-by-episode reviews of the first six seasons and the 11th season of The Simpsons at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. Someday, when I have more time than I presently have, I hope to to continue on in that project and, and, and finish reviewing every episode of why did you skip to 11? Um, I actually started with 11 and then went back and, and went with one. And I started with 11. Um, cause I believe it was, if memory serves, it was the first season to come out on DVD after we started the real gentleman of leisure.com. And so I was like, well, I have the DVDs and my wife and I are going to watch them and we're going to go through and watch it episode by episode. And as we watch an episode, I'll write up a review for it. So then I did that for season 11, and then my wife said, you know, I've seen some Simpsons, but I haven't seen all of it. So I said, all right, let's go back and start at the beginning, and we did, and so I wrote my reviews along as we went through all of those subsequent seasons, and then, you know, uh, we watched other TV and had a kid and all that stuff, so we petered out somewhere midway <laughs> through season six, which is also where my reviews have stopped for the time being, even though I could continue going because it isn't like I really need to watch them again to review them but uh, i have <laughs> i have other things i'm writing now and not enough time to write all the things i'd like to write so simpsons is on hiatus but there's a lot there to read now if you really want to 
So is that everywhere we can find you on the internet? That is uh, that is everywhere you can find me on the internet. Well, you left out that video that we mentioned. <laughs> well, yeah, but uh, I think anyone that wants to see that has already seen it. That's true. <laughs> it's bookmarked on a lot of browser windows. Exactly. Uh, and as for me, your host this week, Ryan Alexander Tanner, uh, I have a website. It's ohyesverynice.com. That's O-H-Y-E-S, very nice, uh, which is all art. I'm, a, I'm an artist. <laughs> and uh it's also my twitter handle where i tweet up to once a month i can be found tweeting usually just retweeting other people's tweets about this show posting and uh it's my instagram also so those are all ways that you can uh stalk me on the internet congratulations as for the show we are a very special episode you can listen to every single episode of our whole show series on a very special episode podcast.com you can also like us on facebook that's facebook.com slash avse pod where we will engage with you we love to get feedback through there our twitter is at avse pod where if you don't want to follow me on twitter you can get the original source of those retweets there <laughs> uh, and you can email us at avse podcast at gmail.com uh, and you can tell us how much you like us, or you can share your uh, pain about your own issues with your mother. <laughs> you can download our show on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, and Stitcher, where you can also leave us five-star reviews. We only accept five-star reviews, just so you know. If you have less stars to give us, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> or you can give us a five-star review, and we'll assume that it's less stars inside. But um, just don't even try and uh, that about wraps things up for this week. So we'll be back in two weeks with another very special episode of a show or possibly a nerdy movie. We want to talk about that. <laughs> talk about. <laughs> Until then, stop frolicking and get back to work. Yeah, that was this AVC on your home PC with some VIPs of SBTB. Was it Austin G, Dr. DB, RAT? Or the C-Money What the heck was with that TV? This podcast is kinda funny Excuse us all, cause we gotta go pee That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh how we've grown Seen so much TV that